one. Hey, everybody, Adela Marcy here from Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, steamrolling season eight like a motherfucker, because right now, at the time of listening to this, it's probably going to be a couple months from the time I recorded this, but we are speaking to the one and only, and I'm going to mispronounce his name on purpose because I know my Western audience is mostly that, but Linus Rylander, or if you're going to be proper about it, it's Linus Rylander. If Oh, is it right? Did I get it right? Did I close close enough? Close Fuck! Enough. God damn it! It's that surname, <laughs> Linus Rielander. If I could get that wrong, please say it correctly. Pretty good. Pre- pretty good. Uh, Linus Rielander. There we go. God damn it! So yeah. goddamn yeah. close. So goddamn close. But anyway, uh, so Linus and I, who I will probably call Lin or Linus, because I will fuck his name up. I apologize in advance. Any, anything goes. Really, pretty much. Well, I just won't. We'll just keep going. So you and I have known each other for 14 fucking years. Well, 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 14 years this year. Uh, and the craziest part is we didn't message each other on Messenger for nine years, yet we still <laughs> speak to each other on Facebook. Like, how crazy mm. is it? Like, we show up in each other's timelines and other groups, and we, like, communicate, but never directly. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. It's weird, but like, it doesn't feel like I've not followed your journey. It's like, I know who mm. you are. It's like, no, this is my friend, Linus. I, I know exactly his shit, where he's been and what he's been up to, to a certain degree. And I want to get right. Exactly. Him. Yeah. But thanks uh, Facebook algorithm, I guess. Right. Uh, <laughs> so real quick, everyone listening to this, please go rate, review and subscribe to the show. I would love to have your feedback. Now let's kick off your Friday with some happiness in your ears. This episode is sponsored by Linus Reland, oh, I can't say your surname because I'm going to fuck it up, but Ryland.com. So L-I-N-U-S-R-Y-L-A-N-D-E-R.com. Go check it out. You can listen to the show live on his site and also just follow him online because he's fucking awesome. That being said, you have one of the most interesting stories in advertising. You were just telling me about it before I said, dude, we got to get this on here. You've been in marketing since like 13 You've been, mm-hmm. and actually I was, I started writing copy unconsciously at 12. I wasn't even doing it for business. You were consciously marketing stuff at 13 mm-hmm. and I, and, and just like going to copyright 16. The one thing I really want to go into right away before we dive into the rest of your story, how you got into it. Cause I do want to know the fuck did you make 10 grand over like the summer holidays? Like how, tell me about that. Okay. So this was like maybe a year uh, into my like marketing journey. I got into it when I was 13. Uh, I remember just coming across one of these sales letters, like just a scammy, like biz op, how to make a thousand dollars a day, you know, in your underwear kind of thing. Um, I think it was from like, it's like not wrong. It was Nick Marks. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers that name, but I'm not sure I got it right. Yeah. But, I, but that just kind of like opened my eyes to like, holy shit, it's possible to make money on the internet. Like that, I, I hadn't thought of that before, you know? And like, I'm quite good with computers, you know? So, and I figured if anybody could do it, I can do it. And I just decided right then, like I never want to get a real job. Um, so there's, a, there's actually a picture on my Instagram uh, from when I was 13. I was on my first ever family vacation in, in the Canary Islands. And I'm sitting on the, we had like this big patio in our hotel and I'm sitting there like with my mom's laptop. And I remember I was reading, um, what is that? Mr. X, like yeah, uh, AdWords, like Black Hat AdWords, something. Yeah, I, I remember I was, I was reading X, that. I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, I remember I was reading that. That was right as I was just like going head first into the rabbit hole. 
but yeah, anyway, uh, fast forward about a year, I'd gotten pretty good at ranking like web 2.0 social media pages in Google. And I figured out a, a specific way to kind of link them all together uh, to kind of boost your main money page or whatever. So um, I came up with a methodology for that that I called LinkWheel. Uh, and I put out a little report called the LinkWheel report uh, on my website and didn't really think that much of it. But then what happened is somebody had, it was just like a free free opt-in PDF thing, uh, but somebody had taken it and uploaded it into like the, you know, pirated product section of a black hat forum it was blackhatworld.com. Somebody had uploaded oh, it there. Classic. And like people say interested about it and like they were asking questions in the thread. So I jumped in the thread and I was like, hey guys, like I'm glad you guys liked it. And like at, answering some questions, like, not asking them to take it down or anything. I'm like engaging with people and, and, yep. and like my inbox started blowing up. Oh shit. Uh, and, and then to like I don't know, eight, eight, nine pages, like the thread completely blew up and that led to the link report going viral. So I built a list of like 5,000 people very quickly. Damn. Okay. So and, just, just a little bit, cause we had a little bit of a internet breakage there, just so you guys know uh, from what, if you guys didn't hear it, because I know I did, it didn't come through properly, but if I remember, it was like nine pages of threads and like thousands of messages. Like, maybe not thousands, but it was a lot. A lot, yeah. a lot of messages coming through to your inbox every day. Yeah, and I think uh, I think people liked that I was just chill about it because uh, most people always come in and ask to get their shit taken down. Yeah, but I was like, it's just a free PDF anyway, and like this, I mean, this helps me more than it hurts me, so it's more exposure for me, you know. Um, Funny you should mention that because like years ago, like I ran and I ran this idea to a friend of mine. They said they would never do it. I tried it with one of my client's products and it worked like gangbusters. I'm not going to mention mm -hmm. the client, but uh, we uploaded this. I have a friend that has access to some exclusive communities where they where they buy and sell products and share products and upload them. Uh, we actually leaked his product to that community. Hmm. Uh, to get like the initial reviews and the testimonials from that community. And then we went to the forums and started a thread about it, not as ourselves, but as just a random anonymous member shitting on that product to see what right, the response right. would be, right? So we shat on our own product. The, the community defended the product so powerfully that I wrote the copy off their responses. Amazing. I, <laughs> I was like, that's how you get everyone on board. Like just everyone wrote my advertising for me. But it's true. A lot of people don't realize what you're, a lot of people that download shit off those sites, because we, mm -hmm. most of us have to some degree, either done something like that, um, whether it's a movie or whatever. If you love it, you end up buying it anyway and buying more of that person for the rest of your life and recommending them. I've done that loads of times for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think I, I, I sent, I, the weirdest one was when I had to work with Jay Abraham and I you know, of course, I've gotten Jay stuff like years prior. So it was one of those things where I was like, uh, do I tell Jay this or not? <laughs> but in the end, I was like, I already know everything about the dude. So it was so easy to write his copy. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. All right. So kind of jumping off of that. So you, you go from there. And I got to ask, what was it that sparked your interest in advertising for you? Like, because you're 13, there's so many things that you could be interested in. Why this? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I've always been just very curious, like I've found 
different things to get into from a very young age. Like I used to be like when I was maybe six, I got really into magic and I was doing like magic tricks for, for like maybe six years. And wow. God knows how much money my parents spent on like buying all my like decks of cards and different like DVDs, uh, all kinds of magic supplies. So like I, when I get into something, I just go all in. Um, Makes so it, it was, it was one of those things that I just kind of stumbled upon, like starting with that sales letter. And I just got really fascinated by the whole, by the whole concept and the, and the ideas behind it. And then, um, when I was 16, I came across John Carlton's kick-ass copywriting secrets of a marketing rebel. By the way, I'm going to plug this right now and say, if it's still available online, which it should be, get it. Cause I don't know if John has taken down it, his 80% sale yet. I don't think he's ever going to yeah, like, you can get the damn thing for 20 bucks. You can get it for a hundred bucks. It's worth it. It's probably the greatest. I think I, think I paid like 200 for mine. So it's fucking worth it though. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like changed my life. So that, that's the book that actually a good example of that. Cause I, I got a pirated version and then I bought it. Exactly. Um, Same here. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. So yeah, that just completely opened my eyes to this whole world of copywriting. And I'm like, Oh shit, this, this is what this whole thing is really about you know, uh, on a deeper level than just trying to, you know, rank blogspot pages. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, uh, going, going back to the, that other story, uh, I had, uh, I built that list of 5,000 people and, um, basically I, I wrote, I wrote a long post explaining how I used the software called SE Nuke to help me with building all these pages. And I plugged an affiliate link obviously for it. So there was, that was, uh, I think that was like a $97 a month continuity. So yep. a lot, a lot of that $10,000 was from Essie Nuke. Uh, and, and then also just some of the like affiliate products I was promoting. Which is crazy that affiliate marketing doesn't get its break anymore. Like there's affiliate marketing today, but there's nothing like it used to be. Like, if that makes sense, it just feels it doesn't have that level. It's a puzzle, man. It's a, it, what was that? I feel like it's a completely. I feel like it's a completely like almost separate community. Like it's still big. Like you have Affiliate World Asia um, over here every year, for example. So it's a big co co community of like CPA marketers and oh. uh, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I agree. I just meant more like back in the day when you had like, okay, the software's come out. We're all affiliates for it. We're all mailed together. We get this thing going. Oh, yeah, it, was yeah, like, yeah. it was like such a small knit community, but now it's like so big and expansive. It's incredible. Right, right. Changed a lot. Yeah, it's insane. But like speaking of which, like uh, I do want to bring this up because I thought it was funny, but my last message to you at the very, like nine years ago was something about getting retainer clients. Cause I, th I, I remember you started to get retainer clients as a copywriter. Mm -hmm. And I just really wanted to know. And the reason I bring that up is because it, it leads to a question I have later on down the line. But one of the very first things I want to ask you is, so you're writing copy at 16, you're going through your journey. What happens next? Because like, again, it's been a long time since you and I've been on the phone. Like, because mm -hmm. the last I remember you were still, you were still writing, you were still doing retainer stuff. What's changed? Because like, as you said, those are three lifetimes ago and you go all into everything. So Wow. Okay. So yeah, I guess a lot's happened since then. So yeah, I got into copywriting when I was 16. Uh, got my first, I think first two clients that summer after finishing ninth grade. And so when I started, when I started um, 
secondary education basically so which is which would be first grade in sweden so there's uh three more grades basically which is i guess high school equivalent mm -hmm. so um i started out high school let's say with um how much would that be maybe like five thousand dollars in my k for four or five thousand dollars which is a fuckload of money when you're 16 you know which is a fuckload of uh, money at any age like if you really think about it I just like most people don't make five grand a month working full-time jobs. Right. That's true. So yeah, then I, I, then I was like, okay, now I have to go back to school. And then I'm sitting there in class for like eight hours a day. And I, I was just like, I could be working on my business right now, you know? And then I, I didn't go to any like entrepreneurial class, but from what I heard from friends, who did when they're, they're supposed to learn about marketing and stuff and they're, they're like learning how to make Facebook pages, you know? Um, Seriously. Yeah. So then I'm like, this is not for me. So one day uh, at my last class before the lunch break, didn't go to lunch. I went straight down to the you know administrator's office and said like, that's it for me. I'm not coming back pretty much. And then I never came back. So I went about two months to high school and I dropped out. Um, and then basically I also lost all of my social life with that, uh, same year we, we moved out to the small, um, small village, like outside of town population 500. So I was also isolated and also not connected to the social circle that goes on with school. So like drifted apart from my friends like over the over the next year or so and then barely saw them for the next three years so like 16 to 20 was literally like me in my mom's basement trying to build my business and then when I was 19 one of my old clients um actually not even an active client at that time but um he emailed me randomly out of the blue I haven't heard from him in, in like a year um and he's like, hey, man, you want to go to Thailand? And I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, when? He's like, next week, I'll pay for your ticket. Um, so basically what happened was he, he was flying out as his whole team here to celebrate his birthday. And he invited me along. It was super cool of him. Uh, actually, Ryan, Ryan was with us on that trip, Ryan Black. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, who is the client? Uh, Sasha. Sasha oh, oh, fair enough. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm actually yeah. seeing Ryan later today, believe it or not. I'm seeing him in like three hours. That's cool. Yeah, I'll tell nice, him to say nice. hey. Yeah, say hi for me. Yeah, oh, so yeah, that so was that was my first trip to Thailand. Uh, I was here for two weeks. Um, and that was like, because like the past four years, I've just been like pretty isolated, just sitting at home, like life to start my business and always been kind of dreaming of traveling and like being independent like being able to make enough money consistently that I could just travel and, and like see the world and all of this uh, I remember I'd read this book by uh, you know Tynan what was the book name Tynan, he, he wrote a book called Life Nomadic where he I talks know the about book, his, but I don't know him yeah, yeah so he he wrote this book about like he spent nine months uh, just kind of living as a digital nomad and like really optimizing that lifestyle and like spending two months in every place and like traveling around and like I just got um, 
I fuck with the vision, you know? Uh, so that was, I, that was always like in my head and I was like, re always like reading about different countries and like places I wanted to go. So that coming here, the first time was the first time like I got a taste of it. And I remember one of my last days here, I was walking home and like walking back to my hotel room and this thought just hit me like, fuck, like if I work hard enough, like this doesn't have to be a vacation. Like this could be my life, you know? Uh, and that was kind of what inspired everything. I went back to Sweden a couple months over the summer, like uh, trying to make enough to, to buy a plane ticket so I, and like enough to stay here a couple months so I could come back. And, and that's what I did. So that trip was in February, 2014. And then I came back here in November, 2014, uh, stayed three months that time. And then like back to Sweden and the next time was like nine months and then back again. And then the time after that, I, I got my, uh, got my work permit and like a business visa. So I can, now it's pretty much permanent. So been here awesome. about, been about six years now in Thailand. So whereabouts in Thailand are you? Bangkok sweet right in the middle dude I gotta ask because obviously it's me uh what's have you start have you been trained Thai boxing out there or no no I haven't, I dude, haven't you're, you're in the homeland of one of the greatest martial arts I know I, I feel bad about not training I, I'm not even I'm not even going to not make you feel bad about this because in my head I'm like motherfucker can't damn you yeah, I, I already I already I already feel bad about I'm, it. I'm teasing but, I don't give a shit but no, at least that at least that means that when I come out to see you, because I can finally travel out. I can tr finally travel once COVID lifts again. I can do that because mm -hmm. they finally saw my goddamn passport thing. Um, it's a story in itself that I wrote a saga about. But you do know I'm just taking you to the gym with me, right? Like when you're there, I'm like, we're going to the Thai boxing gym. Like, I've never trained a day in my life. I don't give a shit. We're going to go do this. <laughs> there's actually, uh, there's a, pretty big Muay Thai gym literally across the street from me. Oh. It's like two, two, three minute walking distance. God from damn my it. House. Yeah. God damn it. And there's Trust a really me. nice coffee shop next door. So yeah, we, we can check it out. <laughs> get some, get our asses whooped and go get coffee afterwards. It's a win-win. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. So like, what have you been up to since then? Like work-wise, what have you just been up to that's been like, what are you doing right now? Mm, so been basically like the copywriting thing has been mostly consistent uh, this whole time. Um, still, actually one of our main clients now is the same client that I got that allowed me to got, go to Thailand the first time. So both of our main clients right now are like long time clients, like five year plus clients wow. uh, that have been working like on and off with them um, for, for a long time. But then um, maybe about, a year or so into living here, uh, me and my business partner, Frankie. So me and Frankie, we basically also go way back. Like we've known each other for like 12 years and we've been working together on every single project for 10 years. Wow. So, uh, we just, we just do everything together pretty much. Um, anyway, so yeah, we, we just got really tired of kind of like the roller coaster income as a copywriter working for fees and like at that point we weren't at a point where we could charge like really high ticket fees but yeah. we would get maybe like a couple thousand dollars for a sales letter you know oh, um, those were the days yeah and the projects were still so big and so much work that um 
like and as few as far between as they were at that time like it was very like roller coaster income like we do really well one month and then like nothing for two months and like try to find a new client like uh, we needed we needed something that was more like consistent and dependable because like can't live like that man like i got bills to pay every month you know um so yeah especially then like i was like i was a little mom anymore so wait wait wait, hold on um, like just see the last you get rent you so, yeah so, so, so just cut out for a second yeah i said like especially like when you're living by yourself on the other side of the world and you got rent to pay and you're not living with your parents anymore you know so yeah so we decided to start an agency so we started doing adwords uh, and then we we switched to facebook um like a couple months in so then we we basically ran a facebook ads agency for about three years um so up until up until the beginning of this year we, we shut down the agency and then went back full-time into into copywriting and consulting um but yeah we, we ran a facebook ads agency for for quite a while did, did quite well um yeah okay so i'm curious on this what are your fees now as a copywriter i'm curious mostly like, we do so- um uh, mostly we do uh performance-based um so we have one one retainer client right now uh that's a mid mid five figure no sorry mid four figure a month deal uh we're basically writing uh an advertorial for them once a month and then uh, running some like small email campaigns uh it's nice to have that like consistent retainer going on and then everything beyond that is uh it's just performance based so for example, right now we are helping, helping one of our clients uh, launch a membership site uh, to her list and we'll get like 25% of that. So that will be really nice continuity ongoing. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I love that kind of thing. Mm, me too. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, but it's the only way to do it, I think. So I really want to like touch on this because you said it and again you're one of the very few people like when you were saying i couldn't stop laughing because in my head my like, motherfucker gets it like i i love the fact that this dude and i go so far back i don't need to actually like physically talk about this that he gets it but i want the younger audiences uh the, the younger audience that are coming up in their career when i say younger, i mean like your career still developing you're like in year two and three of your of your of your, of your writing career uh mm-hmm. and as you and i are both essentially disciples of mr carlton more than anything else because mm-hmm. that book again did change my life for me what I'd say is um, one of the biggest, and I would love your opinion on this. One of the biggest diseases I see in the industry today is no one is putting in the time to mastery anymore. Like everyone's coming in like copywriting's hot. Let's do $10,000. And it's like, motherfucker, you don't understand to get to a $10,000 comfortability with me. Or I'd even say with you, it took me a long time to get to that point. Where I could comfortably say, ten thousand dollars for a sales letter please mm-hmm. or even ten thousand totally. dollars for a whole like funnel like start mm-hmm. to finish and I, I think you and i had this at one point as well um and you younger guys i really hope you guys get this uh the gunslinger days were the best days where you had like a week to write a full sales funnel with emails landers ads everything <laughs> that was and you were you were charging like four like charging four thousand dollars was a lot of money for it as well. It's like mm-hmm. ooh, it's crazy to see people are charging like fifty or sixty grand a letter, which is good. But 
I still think people, so what's your take? Do you think people are not, should commit more to mastery of this art or do you think it's a dying art? I mean, is that even a question? Like, of course, like it's a, I I think it's important. I think it's important. You know, it's, uh, there's definitely, there's a lot of history, you know, and I think it's important that you know where, where all this comes from. Like how many of the newer copywriters have read, you know, John Cables and, you know, Claude Hopkins and all these guys, like that's where it all, all this shit comes from. And it, like, if you, if you can't understand it at the most fundamental level, then, you know, all the fancy copywriting techniques in the world won't like, won't help Save you, you, you know, because yeah, you, yeah. Well, I'd say that's one of the cool things about it and just kind of, sorry to jump in right here, but this really, I want to like add to this. One of the key things is when you understand the fundamentals of copywriting, it's it, it's that whole thing. You can come in and make $10,000 very quickly as a copywriter. You can. Mm-hmm. Of course you can. It's, we've seen it done a million times or well, 100,000 times. But the problem is most of the people that charge that right off the bat, they leave the industry inside two years. They're gone. They don't actually stay. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find is they will bounce around from industry to industry, making money, but getting a lot of experience, but no depth. They get a lot of width, but no depth. And I, I don't know if you thought this, but what I found is when you commit to the mastery of copywriting, you genuinely like learning how to fish here you've now got something for the rest of your life that you know you will never go broke. Like if the world economy collapses today, all countries in e-com get shut down, the internet goes out. I don't think me or you are going to worry about where our next paycheck is going to go to. We're going to like, all right, let's go find someone that's selling something and let's make their life easier. Exactly. Dude, like I've had several moments throughout my life and career where I just kind of have those like, stop and think moments of just being grateful that copywriting was one of those rabbit holes that I got into, you know, because I feel like it could have been a lot of things, but, uh, but, but the fact that it's, it's something that's so valuable and so important and not only as a way to make a living, but as a way to like understand people. And like, if you, if you want to be a good copywriter, you have to understand how people work, how people think. And, and through that also understanding yourself, like, if you're a good copywriter, like, I don't think you can be a good copywriter if you don't have good self-awareness, yeah. you know? So, and it all kind of feeds on itself. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very cool rabbit hole, I think. I highly recommend it. Definitely, but I will say it's not for the faint of heart because uh, Gary Halbert said it best, which was the, the worst thing about being a copywriter is going into the depths of the deepest part of a human soul and lurking in the parts that no one wants to be in. That's why I love it, man. Yeah, it's the best thing in the world. Like, it's like that's method my, acting. That's my shit, man. Same. <laughs> I, I love, like, I, I still say it this way. Copywriters, in my opinion, have always been the most fascinating people, especially good copywriters. They're the most fascinating people because the lives they lead are so fucking weird. Like, mm-hmm. if I asked you right now, what are three random thoughts in your mind right now? What would they be? It doesn't even have to be about the same people. Like, what are three things that you're thinking right now? Um, one part of my brain is always thinking about music. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I have this really dope track I found this morning on my mind. Uh, I'm thinking about, I, I had a gig last night. Um, so that's kind of still playing through my head. Um, play, played at this place called Simpson Theater um, right here in the middle of Bangkok. Really cool club, actually. Um, yeah, so that was fun. 
And uh, yeah, all, all three of these things are going to be uh, related to the other half of my life, which is uh, DJing. Uh, which haven't haven't talked about it at all yet. We um, actually have. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. So you're DJing, <clears throat> and tell me more about that, man. How did that come about? Man, so that man, that's a, that's a story into itself. So my first two and a half years in Thailand, I I was in a long term relationship, and I lived actually a pretty quiet life. Uh, just just just. Uh, <laughs> it was it was just like me and my girlfriend like we lived together and like just we never, never didn't go out really like she didn't really like to go to nightclubs but then uh basically that long story short that relationship ended uh and after we broke up uh this was in like may 2017 that's when i started going out i was working at this um co-working space and the guy who had the de desk next to me uh, he, one night he invited me out like a Saturday night. And, uh, that was a, like, that was like the first time I ever set foot in a nightclub. Like I'd never been out and party before. I was 23. Oh, dude, um, I feel you. 25 was the first time I danced like publicly mm, ever. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so I, know, I know the feeling is fucking weird and awesome and fear and all at once. Yeah. Yeah. So actually my first time out here, that was at Sing Sing Theater, the same place that I played at last night. So <laughs> crazy full circle, right? Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started going out. I started partying quite a lot. Um, and through that, I started ending up at these different after parties around Bangkok and like getting to know people kind of behind the scenes in a different way. And also through that, getting exposed to this kind of music. And I just got really into the music. So that became another one of my rabbit holes, you know, and I, I started like finding my own music and like if there's a track that I really liked I would save it like I, I made over the course of the next year I made dozens of different Spotify playlists with different types of music on them like different vibes and uh, just through that and going out a lot like I started getting to know DJs and starting to kind of get to know people working behind the scenes of the industry uh, became friends a lot of them and as I kind of got to understand more of like what DJs really do, I'm like, it just kind of clicked for me. Like, wait, shit, like I'm already doing all the DJ shit, like finding, organizing music, which is the main part of the job. And then all I need to do now is learn how to like press the buttons and I can do this shit. So I realized like, I always feel like I kind of accidentally became a DJ. Like things just kind of lined up that way for me. It was just like a very smooth, effortless path for me into this world. And it, it was just, it just kind of felt like the natural thing that I was supposed to do. Uh, it, it's not like, uh, I feel like a lot of DJs kind of become a DJ for the wrong reasons. Uh, like they want to become a DJ because they think it's cool or because they want to get laid. But uh, like we were talking about before, like those guys don't last, you know, yeah. uh, they get a couple of gigs and, and then people realize they suck and then they don't get more gigs and, and they're done, you know? Um, so even if you have the friends and the connections you, that you can leverage to, to get, get to play a couple of times, like if you don't also have the other side of it, which is the dedication to the craft, then you're not going to last. So I think that's, that's a pretty good parallel, actually. I think um, it is. And it's a very true one as well. I think that goes for every area of life. Yeah. So, yeah, I think at the end of 2018 was kind of when everything reached that point that I decided to buy. Uh, buy my own little DJ controller so I could start practicing 
And then uh, I was going back to Sweden around that time for about a month and I brought my controller with me so I could uh, practice at home. Um, and then after about a couple of weeks, about two, two or three weeks, I managed to put together an hour long mix that I thought didn't sound horrible. And uh, I sent it to a friend of mine who was um, uh, one of my best friends, actually, who's, uh, who's one of the kind of pillars of the community here in Bangkok that kind of helped build the underground house and techno scene here in Bangkok starting like 10 years ago. But anyway, he's a good friend of mine. So I sent him this mix to um, see what he thought about it. And he was like, hey, man, like, this is pretty good. Like, uh, do you want to open for me at Mustache next month, which is, uh, which is also a famous club here. Uh, in the underground scene. So I was just like, I'm, I'm like a month and a half, two months into practicing DJ. And I'm like, now I'm opening for, for this guy who's like one of the biggest names in Bangkok. And I was like, fuck, like, I don't know if I can do this, but like, I also couldn't say no, uh, you know? So I just started practicing even more and like um, trying to prepare as much as possible to, to, to play. And uh, yeah, so I, I got my first, gig here in Thailand two months into uh, <laughs> starting and then um, my business partner asked me this once like do you ever get like imposter syndrome and I'm like fuck man all the time like because <laughs> like I asked my friends uh, like like my other DJ friends like how long were you practicing before you started like playing out and like, I don't know, like a year and a half two years oh shit like two months um, prodigy. Yeah, I, prodigy bro prodigy <laughs> And it's been absolutely insane, dude. Like it's, everything's happened so quickly. Like the point I am in my DJ career now, I thought was maybe five years out beyond this point, you know, like it's um, been really quite almost magical how everything's just kind of lined up the whole time to just, I've just gotten this momentum since I started and, and it hasn't stopped. Um, like a year, a year into my DJ career, I got to play a festival for the first time, Wonder Fruit, here in Thailand, which they're kind, of, which is kind of like a they compare it to like an Asian Burning Man kind oh. of thing. It's not quite Burning Man, but uh, kind of that vibe. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I got, I got to play there, and I, yeah, I think maybe not no, size as in scale, as in like as in enormity of feeling. Hmm. Yeah, like it just yeah, feels yeah. like a big spot. It's like a big spot of the year. For sure, yeah. People come from all over the world to go go to Wonderfruit. But yeah, I, I got to play there. That was about a year in, and uh, like I at that point, I was kind of friends with a lot of people in the community. Uh, but a lot of them like hadn't heard me play yet because like first year, like the gigs you get are almost like opening gigs where you like play for you know five to twenty people in the first hour or two of the night as people are still coming. So new DJs always get the opening opening set. So a lot of the people who kind of mattered in the scene, like they knew me, but they, they never heard me play. But that was the first time that a lot of them heard me play for the first time. And after that, my DJ career just like took off. Uh, and it's been, the past year has been absolutely crazy. Wait, wait, wait hold on. So, so you cut out about the last year. Hold on one second, because we're getting like a bit of a disturbance. Hmm. Oh, wait, oh, there we go. Yeah, All right, so, so for the so last year. Yeah, so the last year, uh, especially since after COVID, like our restrictions started opening up here uh, around July that we could start doing like small events and then it's been like bigger and bigger. And I actually just got back from a festival this past weekend. So we had our first festival of the year 
<clears throat> which was absolutely completely crazy called uh, Mystic Valley. It's basically in the middle of the jungle. Uh, it's pretty cool. Dude, but awesome. uh, yeah, what was I saying? Um, Just like, you yeah, know, so you think, man. also one of the things I was thinking about um, is how it's so cool how like kind of different previously unrelated parts of your life like can kind of like connect yep and i'm i'm involved in working with a company here called late night bangkok uh and we organize um we organize events here basically we have two event brands under us which is grow room and, and disco diaries so grow room is more like kind of minimal uh minimal house like tech like underground sounds and then we have disco diaries which is more like daytime disco disco and house music so i basically run all the advertising and do the marketing for these brands and like coming straight out of running a facebook ads agency for three years and being a copywriter and like having these skill sets with me and then being able to apply them in this new world that i found myself in you know yeah. and through that we've been, for example with disco diaries we've been able to build it up to what's now essentially uh the biggest uh daytime disco event in bangkok and we're collaborating with uh major festival organizers and like putting our brand into their events and things like that like working at a, a very high level in the scene now Dude, and, that's awesome yeah it's super cool and and it's true like how crazy it is that different parts of your life intersect like uh and this is just a very recent one uh, so one of the things that really bothers me with like marketing and self-help people always is they talk about this thing about core values but no one really goes into what they mean they're like yeah you should know what core values are you know like, i don't fucking know what core values are man <laughs> what the shit is a core value like be nice is that a core value i don't know <laughs> uh so i was talking to my friend about this and she just looked at me and she went okay why do you love like if you could do anything for the rest of your life what would it be and for me, it's jujitsu. Like I'll do Brazilian jujitsu until the day I die, until my fingers no longer work and I can't move anymore. That is basically how much I love that sport. I want to get into it, man. I've been thinking about it. Dude, it's creativity on like LSD. Cause like there is, it's like a, it's basically you're playing human chess. That's all you're doing. And there's like eight hmm. positions, the seven positions of jujitsu. Uh, and there's infinite attacks off those positions. And like, mm. just so a lot of people think close guard is the worst place you can be because close guard on your back, whatever. And you know, it's a dangerous position, but I love close guard. You put me on my back and my legs go around your waist. You're fucked. You're now in trouble for the rest of the <laughs> night. Like I am going to make your life. A, I'm going to attack you, but I'm going to make sure you can't do shit to me. I'm going to try mm. and minimize you. I still get fucked up by my friends because they're way better than I am, but still it's fun. <laughs> um, but it's that proficiency. I found all six of my core values are in jujitsu, like all six of them. So uh, like my core values of growth, because you continue growing, there's meaningful connections with my friends. It's like a family that we're together with. It's a lot of fun. There's always variety in style and there's a shitload of creativity because I've already mm -hmm. come up with three moves that are uniquely my own. Like no one else teaches this stuff. It's just stuff I've come up with fucking around. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the way this intersects with copywriting for me is... I already, I'm starting to, well, before COVID hit, uh, I was going to go traveling to other cities around the UK, find black belts I'm friends with and record them and then take their content and put it on one of my sites and build a membership portal through that way. So I'm not a black belt, I'm a blue belt. So I was like, fuck it. I'll get my black belt friends to teach this stuff and I'll market it and we'll split money. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, like that, that's the way it's going right now. I mean, that's the next model that we have, but it's crazy how, as you said, things integrate. Now, one of the last questions we, before we head off, I do have to ask you because obviously uh, there's two huge questions I want to ask you, but the first one I'll ask real quick. Uh, if you had to recommend five books, to people listening to the show right now, fiction, nonfiction, could be movies, whatever it is, uh, what five things would you recommend they listen to or watch right away? Uh, my number one book recommendation to pretty much any human being uh, is Byron Katie's Loving What Is. Um, I Great think book. the work of the work of Byron Katie is it's so easily accessible and it's so profound. It's so profound. Uh, it will change your life. Uh, all of her books are amazing, but I would say start with the first one. I have two copies of this book because I, I give it away all the time. Um, then <clears throat> kind of related to that, not a book, but the Sedona Method Super Course. Uh, absolutely changed my life. Um, my, actually, it was, I think it was my first year in Thailand. I, I got this course called the Sedona Method Super Course. And it's a, it's a process of learning how to, how to release emotions, how to let go. Uh, letting go is one of those things that people always talk about that you have to do, but nobody actually shows you how to do it. So the Sedona method is a specific process for really like you learn how to get in touch with your own emotions on a much deeper level that like I never thought possible before. And like learning to recognize based on like different feelings in your body, like the like roots of where that come from and being able to actually go deep inside yourself and let those things go. Uh, absolutely changed my life. Uh, I can talk about this for another hour. Uh, I think I might but, have to get you back on here to talk about this for another hour. Yeah, uh, I actually started a whole thing about this that came largely out of the Sedona Method. Not actively working on it right now, uh, but that's, I call it the daily alignment practice, uh, which is largely based on the work I've done um, that I've experienced from Sedona Method. Um, but that, that's another thing I would highly recommend. Um, shit, I gotta do three more. Um, I was, okay, here's, here's one for anybody who's a fan of good writing. Um, I remember this book is called I Am Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the name of the author, but this book absolutely blew my mind. It's fiction. It's um, a great, Terry Hayes, great Terry fucking Hayes. book. Great book. Absolutely blew my mind. Uh, just the way this book is written and how it's structured and, and how the story is built up with like from multiple perspectives and how it all comes to a climax at the end. Uh, it's just um, few, few books have, have like blown my mind in that way and just how it, how the whole thing was put together. Very, very impressive. Um, what else I got? It doesn't have to be books. It could be movies as well movies oh right now i am watching dirk gently's holistic detective agency on netflix and it's blowing my mind uh it is absolutely amazing it's got elijah wood in it i i'm not sure about the name of the of the other actor but he's also amazing so basically it's this um what's so cool about it is you have these people who are kind of just like flowing through life and like letting the universe tell them what to do and he's a he's a holistic detective which means he, like the universe kind of gives he finds himself in a situation where he discovers that he has a new case 
and just kind of following like the whims of, of what's going on uh, to find the amazing. next clue. It, it's, it's so good. And what's so cool about it is this is exactly how I live my life. And this is how I see the world. Like I see it as a co-creative relationship with the universe, but like they've taken this whole way of like how I already perceive things and just blown it up into this sort of like in a comedic way. And, but it's still so on point where I feel like whoever's behind this, like they get it. Like it's because you, you can't fake it. So yeah, that, that will be my, my next recommendation. Um, and for anybody who kind of sees the world in a similar way, it's just, uh, it's, it's just very cool to see how they portray that big fan. Um, that's good to know. Cause that's on my, that's on my watch list right now. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, and then let's see. It's created by Ma Max Landis. Yeah, and it's based based on novels from uh, Douglas Adams, who wrote yeah. the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, again, that could be another recommendation to give anyone to check out because that that is an incredible movie. But I like the remake. I know a lot of people don't, but I also love the books. So you don't go anywhere mm -hmm. without your towel. Absolutely. Uh, hmm. Kind of drawing a blank on this last one. I think I know what the last one's going to be because we mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Yeah, I, think, I, was thinking I think John that. Carlton's Kick-Ass Secrets of a Marketing Rebel would should go on this list. Just anyone. Absolutely, that, I agree. It's fucking life-changing, man. It teaches you so much about people. The only other book I'd put, uh, by the way, a book I'd recommend to you personally, mm -hmm. uh, Robert Greene's The Laws of Human Nature. Yes, I... I started on it i made it about two chapters in but uh Dude, go, def go definitely gonna go audiobook get the audiobook the, the, the book is fucking hard to read like it's a hard read that's so that, that'll be next up on my on my audible uh right now i'm about halfway through the count of monte cristo on an audiobook dude i i was looking on audible the average audiobook is like maybe six to eight hours long the count of monte cristo is 53 hours long and I'm about 26 hours into it. So I'm, 20, <laughs> I'm 26 hours in and I'm like, uh, I'm just about halfway through it. But that's, um, that, that should tell you that's a good book though. It's, it's, it's insane, dude. It's intense. Uh, I was going to say, because the laws of human nature is 28 hours long. Oh, yeah. yeah that's so a long, it, it's a long one as well. I it actually started with, a, with a, one of the a posts in, in the Ask Reddit um where somebody asked like what's a book that like once you put it down you knew you weren't the same person anymore and the top loaded comment was account of monte cristo and that comment got like two thousand upvotes and everybody like agreed with that sentiment about that book so i was like i gotta check that out yeah I mean, you sold me man uh wait do you know who the author the the reader um like, because Audible usually has like multiple people do the same book, so that's why I'm curious. Yes, uh, the one I have is very, very good, uh, and the 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 narrator he portrays all the different characters and different voices, so it's very easy to tell them apart, and it's very well done. Uh, Bill Homewood, Bill Homewood is the one you want to get. All right, Bill Homewood, got it. Because I saw John Lee, and I'm like, I don't know if that's the dude I need. 
Uh, Bill Holman, yeah. right? Shit. All right. Ordered now. That's in my process. Done. I've got it. So I guess that's six recommendations for everybody. Six recommendations, and I've already gone ahead and got one of them. Um, but awesome. I like Alexandre Dumas is amazing, though. Like the Three Musketeers. It's, it's my haven't read that, uh, but yeah, I definitely want to read more of his stuff after this. For sure. All right. So last question before we wrap up. I know we're going to be going a little bit over. It's okay if that's cool with you. So my last question for you is quite important. Uh, because you've had a very interesting life and I fucking love connecting with you. I hope we can do this again very soon because I really want you back in the studio. Maybe we can do something in January when I'm back from uh, break. For sure, yeah. I had, a, I had a great time today, for sure. Cool. So I want to ask this question as we wrap up. Um, I'm going to keep you for a couple of minutes after just to catch up with you. But one of the biggest questions I love to ask on this show and most commonly asked is, when life kicks you in the nuts and really makes you feel like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I can get back up again. I mean, we have these more in the early parts of our careers and especially maybe with DJing, you feel this from time to time. Mm -hmm. What is it that you do that gets you back up and how do you bulletproof your mind for staying in that space for too long? Because when I was younger, if I got like a bad review, it would knock me off like a week. I would have to go back to my earlier recommendation of, of especially the Sedona method. Um, once you practice it enough, it just becomes um, Second just a, a, like a new way of interfacing with yourself, of understanding yourself and managing your own emotions. Uh, so when something does happen to you that makes you feel bad, then you actually understand what's going on with you emotionally, where that comes from. So for example, Sedona Method teaches you that there are three core wants like there's wanting approval, wanting control, and wanting security. And nearly all human motivation goes back to wanting one of those things. So as an example, just a quick example of what a Sedona method release could look like. Let's say some life kicks you in the pants, right? And it right. makes you feel and it makes you feel a certain way. And then you can you can hold that emotion in your awareness, become aware of that emotion, and then you can feel like, oh, is that coming from a wanting approval, wanting control, wanting security? It's like, oh, I'm feeling this way because um, I feel like I'm out of control and I'm wanting to be in control. So there, that's the conflict. And like, well, could you want to control it? Wait, wait, wait. Or wanting to change it? Wait, Linus, hold on one second because mm -hmm. you just lost your second. All right, go back, go back. So like, you're in conflict, go from there because like, that was just right. So, so for example, something happens and you feel like you're out of control and you're wanting to be in control. So wanting control is one of those core wants. So you recognize where that conflict is. And then it can be as simple as asking yourself the question, like, could you let go of wanting to change it? Could you let go of wanting to control it? And could you just allow what is to be? And just check if you have the ability to do that. And just kind of repeating that question to yourself over and over and becoming more and more aware of your own emotions and doing this on a consistent basis will absolutely change your life. Um, so that's my number one go-to move. Dude, that's um, awesome. That, yeah. that, that works. Because if you've got emotional balance, you won't be feeling down for too long because you'll, you'll resolve. Exactly. For sure. I think that's probably the best answer I've ever had to that question. Sick. And I've had some pretty nice. good ones. I think that one is like the most direct. As in, now do this, you're fine. Um, <laughs> Man, I gotta get Hale on the fucking show, man. Like Hale, Dwar Hale Dworskin. If he's oh my around, god! I'd fucking love to get him on the show. Because like he's... the thing is, I started the Sedona method ten years ago. It actually helped me, but I never practiced it for too long. 
so that's why I've like uh, looked back at it. I'm like, man, I got because I've got the course. I actually have the physical course in my house. Yeah. So I'm like, I should just go yeah, through yeah, that yeah. at some point. Probably I'm, do that I've over been, my break. Do that over I've, my done, break. I've done it twice. I've done the whole course twice. And then I've taken many of the more advanced programs as well. Quick question. How long does it take to go through the course? Like, is it a well, weekend or is it a two week or a, like do, do you go through the materials, the materials in particular? Uh, I mostly just listen to it. And then there's some specific exercises and stuff that they use a workbook. But I mean, you don't really need the workbook, I think, um, except for like a few exercises where you have to write things down, uh, which but those are few and far between. So the, the, the main Sedona Method Super Course, which is the one I recommend, it's, it's 20 hours, so it's 20 CDs. Uh, I, th I, think, I think most people go through it maybe like an hour a day, uh, like maybe an hour before bed or something like that. But when I did it, I just, I just burned through it. I, I went through it, the whole thing in like a week. I'm just sitting there like releasing like three, four hours a day. That's actually what my plan is to be fair. I'm probably going to yeah. do it over a four day period because um, so I actually stopped working on the 15th of December uh, until January 3rd. I'm actually away for those times periods, but I'm taking a little bit, I'm taking a trip away. I'll tell you after the show and stuff um, for Christmas, but a couple of days beforehand, I think I'm just going to burn through the Sedona method and then practice it while I'm abroad because I'll have nothing else to do. I'm like, I'm writing my book and I can release all day writing and releasing. That's all we're doing. Dude, you, you will be a different person when you, when you come back. That'd be a good, I'll, I fucking love that. Kick, start my new year as a different me. I already am a different me, so it's all good. But guys, please go check out Linus Rilander, uh, Rilander. I can never say your fucking surname right. How do, one more time, I gotta get it right before I leave. Linus Rilander. Linus Rilander. Okay, there we go. Almost. There you go. Almost go pretty right. Pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good, I'll take the, I'll take the pretty good. Guys, go check out, uh, or Linus Rilander for the people that want to say it that way. Ella, what was it? L-I-N-U-S-R-Y-L-A-N-D-E-R.com. Find the guy all over the world wherever you can find him. By the way, what is your DJ handle? How can we find your Spotify playlists? We want to listen. Uh, just my name. I just go by Linus. Uh, I have a couple recorded mixes on my SoundCloud. Nice. Uh, which is just, let me see. It's, I think it's just... Well, I was going to say, do me a favor, send me all these links on yeah. uh, Messenger. And then when we actually upload the show, I'll just put them in the show description so you guys can see them and go check out his awesome music if you're into it. Uh, please go Perfect. check out the books because they are actually excellently recommended. I'm glad to know that all the books you recommended, there's only two books I didn't have in my collection. So Nice. <laughs> awesome. nice, nice. All right, guys, take care. Have an amazing time. And Linus, I'm all so right. happy we got to reconnect. I'm looking forward to having you back on the show soon, man. Me too. Look forward to it. Right. Thanks Bye for guys. having me on today, man. Have a great weekend, guys. Bye.